We heard the Apostle Paul tell us today, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. John and Andrew took the day off from fishing with their brothers to go out into the wilderness. They wanted to see this new preacher that everyone was talking about. They were saying that he was like Elijah must have been in the Old Testament. He was a fiery preacher of repentance and forgiveness, and he was baptizing a lot of people. They called him John the Baptizer. After listening to John preach, John and Andrew became disciples of John the Baptizer. And then one day, while they're listening to him preach, they see a man walk by, and John points to him and says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John and Andrew go to Jesus and start following him. But they're excited, and they have to tell their brothers. So John, so John goes and tells James, and Andrew goes and tells Peter, we have seen the Messiah. Jesus went to Galilee in the northern region where these four men lived, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus then went on to meet Philip and his friend Nathaniel and then called them to follow him. Jesus took his new disciples with him to a wedding in Cana where he changed water into wine. They were with him in Jerusalem when he cleansed the temple on the Passover. Jesus was preaching in the Judean countryside and later on to Samaria. Peter and Andrew, James and John were Jesus' part-time disciples. In that time, they had heard and seen some very marvelous things from Jesus. So they knew him when he walked up to, the, to them on the Sea of Galilee one day and some of them were fishing. Others were mending their nets. And Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, both brothers set down their nets. They left their fishing businesses, and they became fishers of men. They became full-time disciples of Jesus. They followed him for three years of on-the-job seminary training. Jesus called them to call others. Jesus called you to faith when the pastor poured water and word over your head at the baptismal font as an infant. Or he called you to faith when you were a child sitting on your parents' or grandparents' lap as they read God's word to you from the Bible. Or Jesus called you to faith later on when a close friend, maybe a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, Someone who cared enough about you and your soul shared a conversation with you about Jesus as your Savior. Jesus called you to faith, and now he calls you to put that faith into action by calling others. He's calling you to be fishers of men and women. Jesus calls each of us individually to do his work of calling others. But he also graciously allows us to call other people to assist us in this calling of other people. 
And so we call men and women to serve us in the gospel ministry as pastors, teachers, and missionaries. So today we're going to talk about the public ministry. You've heard this plea. We need more pastors and teachers in our church body. The Lord of the church is blessing us with tremendous growth in our Lutheran grade schools and Lutheran high schools. On top of that, we are working very hard on starting 10 new mission churches in the United States every year for the next 10 years. We need more called workers to go out in Jesus' name and on our behalf to call people to faith using word and sacraments. I recall how God directed things to bring me into the pastoral ministry. I remember going with my mom to Catamaran Lutheran High School to register for freshman classes. We met in one of the classrooms with Pastor Melberg, who would be my advisor. And Pastor Melberg had looked at my grade school transcripts, and he said to my mom, Michael's a pretty smart young man. And I was thinking, yes, I am. And then he said, he could be a doctor or a lawyer. And I was thinking, yes, I can. And then he said, but to be a doctor or a lawyer, most of their medical and legal terms are written in Latin, so he should study Latin. So I took four years of Latin and two years of German, not realizing that the Latin track was really the pastor track, not the lawyer or doctor track. But the Lord of the church is blessing us right now with a lot of our young people who desire to serve God and others in the public ministry. One of our members recently graduated from Martin Luther College and has accepted a call to teach at a Lutheran high school. One of our students is a sophomore at MLC to become a teacher. We have two of our young people at Shoreland, young men that desire to go into the preaching ministry as pastors. And we have maybe six, maybe even up to eight of our young people at prep and Shoreland that desire to become teachers one day. So what can we as a congregation, as pastors, as people, as fellow Christians do to encourage these and other young people to consider the public ministry? Well, one thing we can do is repent, confess our sins to crucify our sinful nature. What does that mean? How does that help? Well, it costs money to educate pastors and teachers. We offer scholarships in our church budget for our young people that want to go on to MLC or, M or WLC. We have the CMO, the Congregational Mission Offering, which is a percentage of our offerings that then goes on to the wells for their ministries. But we must admit it, that we are stingy with our money. We can be content with giving God the leftovers instead of the first fruits. We can complain when we see the cost of what it of doing ministry in our church and church body. Young people may not desire the public ministry when they see their pastor and teachers being treated poorly. Parents badgering their children's teachers, members complaining about their pastors. 
churches and schools overworking and underpaying their called workers. So we, pastors and people, teachers, parents, and students need to hear and put Jesus' words into action of repent and believe in the gospel. What do we repent of? We repent of our lack of financial support for the Lord's ministries. We repent of our lack of verbal support of our current or past pastors and teachers. We repent of our lack of spiritual support of our ministries and ministers because we are because we are not praying for them we are not involved in the ministries of our church and church body then after we repent by God's grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit we believe in the gospel we believe in the good news we thank God that he sent his son who loved us enough to give up everything to cover over our stinginess to give up just a little. Jesus prayed for us and for his future apostles and ministers because of our lack of prayer for those who are going to be serving us in the ministry. Jesus was always passionate about saving lost souls because he knew that we would be apathetic and indifferent to the plight of lost souls. By his grace, God has called you to faith through word and sacrament, through the waters of baptism, through his word that you hear. He has covered over your sins with the white robe of his righteousness. He has made you heirs of salvation. He has invited you to stand before the Lord's altar to make your vows of faithfulness to him in your confirmation vows, either as a youth or as an adult, to vow to God that you are going to remain faithful even to the point of death rather than falling away from your Christian faith. Jesus forgives your sins, and then he unites you with him and with each other in his sacrament of Holy Communion. He announces the good news that your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. This is all very good news. And then there's good news. That God involves you in his ministry. God very easily could have decided he, that he was going to make people into Christians simply by touching them on the shoulder. Or he could have tasked the angels with going out and making disciples of all nations. But he didn't. Instead, he uses you. He calls you and then calls you to call others. He has chosen you to follow him and now invites you to go and make other followers of him by using his means of grace of the gospel and word and sacraments. He equips you for good works of service through his word that comforts, encourages, and empowers so that you can then go and take that word out to comfort and courage and empower other people. This is not a call to just continue sitting in the pews or watching on a computer. This is not a call to remain comfortable. This is a call to action, a call to be fishers of men and women and children, a call to go out and invite others into Christ's kingdom. God certainly calls you to receive his forgiveness of sins. 
so that you can go out and give that forgiveness of sins to others. A forgiveness that is in short supply in our current culture. He invites you to come and study the Bible on your own and with other people. So you can invite others to study the Bible with you. He invites you to worship Jesus so that you can then invite others to come and worship Jesus with you. As Jesus called Peter and Andrew, James and John, to be his called workers serving in his name, Jesus also calls men to be his pastors and missionaries. And he calls men and women to be his teachers in his name. So, what can we do to encourage our young people and other young people to consider this ministry? Well, we support our current and called workers with our offerings. One of the things I like to do is take our 8th graders out on visits to shut-ins with me. And especially taking our high school students who desire to become pastors on these shut-ins visits with me. They'll do the devotion, I'll do the prayers and communion, and then I take them out to eat for lunch. And because we have so many young people who desire to be teachers, we're going to have a workshop where the young people are going to sit and talk with our Water of Life members who are dedicated teachers, and they can discuss things together. But we have to have food for the teens, because they just like to eat. And food costs money. And so we support current and future called workers with increased financial support. Support these current and future called workers with your prayers. Notice that we often have a petition in the prayer of the church about the Lord's ministries, like we have today. And then don't just pray in church for them, but go home and pray for your pastors and teachers, as well as other called workers in our church body, too. Speak well of your pastors and teachers. Young people are smart. They pick up on how you treat your pastors and teachers. And personally, I think that's one of the reasons why so many of our young people are interested in the public ministry. They see the way you treat your pastors and teachers and how much fun we have together in doing the Lord's ministry. And they like it. And they want to be a part of it. And talk to our young people, grade school, high school, and college students. Perhaps they want to be just like you, which is fantastic. People that are lay people that are involved in the work and ministry of our church and church body. But perhaps in talking to them, you will also learn that they are interested in serving in the public ministry. That maybe they want to put Jesus' words into action in that public ministry of repent and believe the gospel. So that wherever we are, pastors in the pulpits, teachers in the classrooms, people in the pews, we are all called by Jesus to call others. Amen.